So happy New Year. Has anybody quit their New Year resolutions already? Did you not make them this year, not get started? You're the same way. I've tried it so many times, it hasn't worked for me. You know, uh, it's nice to have fresh starts. It's nice to have new beginnings. His mercies are new every morning. We're starting a new year. Hopefully we're off and coming in hot. And we're going to continue hot and finish hot. But it's going to be what it's going to be. I don't know if you guys can see this. Can you guys see that? That's a picture of Jose who passed away on December 6th. Can you guys see this? That's Susan Espinoza, Eddie's wife. She passed away on June 29th. Can you guys see this? That's Jerry. He passed away January 6, 2,000 years ago, which is two years from tomorrow. The reason I got those cards out, I want to try something. We're starting a new year and, and having these and keeping these. And I keep thinking about Jose all the time. I keep thinking about Jose because he and I were close for a lot, a lot, a lot of years. And uh, we just had a service for him. And I was thinking about what will they say at my service when I'm gone someday? I was thinking, what are they going to say? Now, let's, let's look over here. One time out for one second. You guys see that word? You guys know. We have a theme at this church every year, right? Do you guys remember what our theme was last year? Exceeding abundantly. Our theme this year is excellent. So that means our theme next year will be exceptional. I don't know. It has to be X something because we have exceeding excellence. It's going to have to be, you know, that's what pastors do in threes. And I was thinking about excellence. And what are they going to say someday when they have a service for me? And what are they going to say? You know what? He, what? You know, let's talk about Pastor Dave. You know, what kind of pastor was he? Oh, he was okay. He was all right. As a matter of fact, there's commercial on right now. Couple's in, uh, in the hospital. He's getting ready for surgery. They ask the nurse, hey, do you know the doctor? Yeah, how is he? Oh, he's okay. He's okay. Okay, it's just not okay. You guys know what that commercial's for? That's what I thought. I was wrong. I looked it up. AT&T. When okay is, when just okay is not okay. Excellence. And I started thinking about, what will they say at my service someday? Let me tell you something about Jose. When Jose was younger, he did things um, that we don't even think about or dream about in his past. He had a radical transformation. He shared things with me in that office over there in my office where we both sat there a few times and cried together. Things that he said, I can never, ever, ever forgive myself. I'll never forgive myself for doing. I'm not going to say what they were. Things that, yeah. And you know what? When we had a service, you know what everybody shared? How much he loved the Lord. What a good man of God he was. What a change that was made in his life. 
and I was thinking about my service. So this is what we're going to do. I want you to take that card. I want you to take that writing utensil, and I want you to write down what, people, what you want people to say at your service someday. And there's a reason we're doing this. I want you to write down thoughts when they talk about my son Jake someday. Jake, what do you want written at your service? Pastor Dave, what do you want written at your service? What do you want people to say about you? I want you to write that on that card. Take, I'm going to give you a few minutes right now. We're going to do this during the service. What, are you making jokes over there, Nods? I think I heard you. <laughs> think about what do you want said about you at your service someday? Yep, there's cards up on the soundboard and there's writing utensils if you don't have it. I'm encouraged. You listen. Keep writing. Can you can you multitask? Okay, just go ahead and write. Neither can I. I don't know why I'm asking that. I can't multitask. I don't know even why I'm talking. You're not listening to me. You're sitting there writing. Yeah, when you're done writing, go ahead and uh, and just look up at me. Keep your head up. I'll know that most people are done at that point. She once written, she had a good sense of humor and a wonderful laugh, like at B's service when we talked about her laugh the whole time. You guys remember B? Yeah, she had a one-of-a-kind laugh, that's for sure. Amazing laugh. Well, you guys are finishing up. You ever notice how different our laughs are? And in so many different ways. I have a good friend. Uh, we used to go on vacation with him. And... Uh, his son would come up to me when we would be on vacation. He'd go, make my daft laugh so hard that nothing comes out but air. Make my daft, because he would start laughing so no noise would come out whatsoever. His head would be moving and bouncing, but nothing would come out. Make my dad laugh so hard. Okay, you guys done with that? Okay, now take, hold on, you're not done. At the top of that, or somewhere where you have room, because most of us didn't write on the top, write the word excellence in capitals. Excellence. It's right there. E-X-C-E-L-L-E-N-C-E. -E -L -L -E -E. Excellence. And next to that, write down our theme scripture. And this is Exodus 15.7. You don't have to write out just Exodus. E-X period 15.7. Exodus 15.7. And then what you're going to do, because our theme is excellence, I want you to take this card home with you today, and I want you to place it somewhere that you will see it every single day. And every single day, I want you to remind yourself of excellence. When you wake up in the morning, I want you to think about excellence, and then I want you to glance at this card and think about what you want people to say about you at your service someday. Because when you start the day, I want you to be thinking about, and we'll get the scripture here so you'll get it in, in one second. But I want you to be thinking about every single day about excellence and what you want to have said at your service someday. And then when you go out in that day, I want to live in such a way that we live in a way of excellence that when that day comes, this is what people will be saying about us. You know, there was a, a French a psychologist. 
I know this is different. Normally I get into Scripture and we go right away. We're just doing a little different start this morning, that's all. A French psychologist, his name was Junard, and Junard did this study. And I know about this because uh, one of my cousins went to a seminar over the weekend. Um, this is my, one of my cousins who was the executive pastor up at Faith Community Church so many years ago. And his brother was the senior pastor, and his brother sent him to the seminar. And um, my cousin who went to it said he thinks it costs thousands of dollars just to go to the seminar over the weekend. And what they had him do is they had him fill out, um, hand out a questionnaire to 10 of the closest people in his life. And he told every, all 10 people, he said, you have to be brutally honest on every question you answer. You can't just sugarcoat anything. You need to be brutally honest. Because this French psychologist, Junard, would make a box and then he would make four squares in the box. And, I, and in that box it would say, how you see yourself, how others see you, how you think others see you, and how you really are. And, and when people would go to this seminar, and you would hand this to your ten closest friends on this planet, and they would answer it honestly, how you see yourself and how you think others see yourself is not how others see us. It doesn't line up most of the time. It's not the same. How you think other people see you is not how other people see you. And so, if we take this note card home and we have the word excellence on it, because whatever you want to have said about you has to do with excellence, I guarantee it. It has to do with excellence. Whatever you want said about you, you can look at that every morning and start thinking, this is how I want people to see me. This is how I want people to remember me. Pastor Dave was a pastor who kind of cared for the people, was really pretty much all about himself. Didn't really, you know, that's not what we want being shared. We want to be shared. He was a wonderful man of God. He loved the sheep. He was there for the sheep. He was this. He was that. He was this. Whatever it is, right? Okay, Exodus. We're going to get into scriptures and we're going to start going through this. Take that home. If I, if I were, and I'm going to do one, by the way, I haven't done it yet, but those are my note cards. I'm going to fill one out. I'm going to put it on my desk at home because I sit at my desk every single morning. For most of you, maybe you should put it on your mirror in your bathroom because you look in the mirror every single morning. Put it somewhere where you'll see it every single day, okay? Who will do this with me? Seriously, raise your hand if you do it, because I know sometimes we do this and we just throw them away. I, I, think, I think it will impact us. Exodus 15, 1 through 7 says, Then Moses and the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord and said, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and its rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will extol him. We sing this, by the way. This is one of, we sing this, um, the song of Moses. My Father's God, and I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea, and the choices of his officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deeps cover them. They went down into the depths like a stone. 
Your right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. And this is where we got it from. And in the greatness of your excellence, you overthrow those who rise up against you. You send forth your burning anger, and it consumes them as chaff. I love that. And in the greatness of your excellence, His excellence. You know what? When God does something, it's always excellent. When God does something, it's always done right, and it's always excellent. It's not always our way. You know, I found it interesting that yesterday at my, uh, my men's group, one of the guys was sharing. He goes, you know, I just saw on the TBN this thing about the cross and, and how the cross was, a, uh, was seen that as a cross of shame and how no God would ever be on a cross. And I, actually, I think I threw that in there. But he started talking about things about the cross, and I was thinking, yeah, this is stuff we teach and preach all the time. And they were talking about it like it was the first time they ever heard it. I'm not saying that was that. That's just the way they were given it. And I liked it because it was new and exciting. It was fresh, the cross of Jesus and what he's done. And, and he was sharing how... The cross is this, and the cross is that, and the cross is this, and the cross is that. And we forget about things, even though we've heard it before. God's excellence. His excellence is at the cross. It's right up here. This is excellent. It's not the way we would do it. And many people, especially the Greeks, would totally reject him because no God would ever be on a cross. That's not who a God is, and that's not what a God does. A God is all this. A God is all that. A God is way above us. A God doesn't hang on a cross. That's for those who are criminals. That's for the lowest of the lows. That's for the worst of the worst. And yet God does his most excellent work when we're not even expecting it. And if we don't look for it, we won't see it. And he's doing an excellent work in each and every one of us. So it says that in the greatness of your excellence. It's all about God's excellence, the greatness of His excellence. Like I said, we have a new year. We have New Year's resolutions. Some of us have probably already quit. Some of us may be compromising already. But when it comes to excellence, we should be enduring in excellence always. You know, you, you've heard the statement, if you don't have time to do it right the first time, you'll never have time to do it right the second time, something like that. And being a people of excellence. Because throughout this, throughout 2019, this word kept coming to me, excellence. Through different people, excellence, excellence, excellence. And I, every year I pray, God, what is the, what's the theme that you want for us? God, what is the theme? And I started thinking about the word that kept coming to me, excellence. And I started thinking about, okay, God, is this it, Holy Spirit? And I really started praying and seeking the Lord. He said, that's it. That's it for 2020. Excellence. Because we're losing it in our society. We don't see it so much anymore. Everything is throwaway that we make anymore. We don't make things of quality like they used to be made. When you see toys, when my parents were young, actually, they didn't make toys back then. But a little after, just kidding, Mom. When you see toys, when you see 
what was made back then and how it was made and the craftsmanship and how strong and everything was built. And you go back in those times, it's a totally different than what we see right now. We don't deal in excellence anymore. We're not working for excellence anymore. We're just trying to get to the bottom line. And God wants us to be a people of excellence. You know why excellence, especially as a Christian, is so, so, so important? Because that's what we're drawn to. That's what the world is drawn to. The world isn't drawn to people who just are going through the motions. They're looking for excellence. We're looking for excellence. We want excellence. And we need to be showing what the world, to the world, what excellence and what God's excellence is really all about. So we need to be enduring and continuing and walking in excellence. We're at a church here. And at a church of any size, there's a lot of volunteers. Volunteers at, at any place normally go one direction or the other. I'm a volunteer, and therefore I'm going to give my best. Or I'm a volunteer, and they're not paying me, so I'm just going to do what I need to do. The truth is, is most employees are the same way. It's like I'm either just going to do what I need to do to get by, or I'm going to give my best. In other words, I'm going to be a person of excellence. But as it says in Colossians 3.17, it says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. God's work is always excellent. He is a God of excellence, including you and your life. And He wants us to be a people who do excellent work. Therefore, it says, whatever you do in word or deed, whatever comes out of your mouth, whatever work that you do, do it as unto the Lord. Do it to Him. Do it as He's the one who's going to look at it. I, um, because my dad was a pastor, and I heard him preach for a lot of years, one of the stories I remember my dad sharing is of a man who was a um, general contractor, and he worked for somebody who uh, was the money behind it. And he was a general contractor, and he had built um, homes for this man and spec homes for this man and built many of them, and... He always did a good job, always did a great job, always built it up to code the way it should build, always tried to make it a really nice house. And he started thinking, you know what? If I just cut a little back here and a little back there and a little back here and I started cutting in these areas, I could pocket all that money. And I would have a lot more money if I would just start cutting back. And he started this next project and he said, you know what? Nobody's ever going to know it. And people, I can do it in such a way that people aren't really going to see it. So I'm going to do this, and I'll be able to put that money in my pocket. And he got through, and he finished the house, and uh, he was done, and he was happy with it, and he made a bunch of extra money on the side. And uh, the guy with the money behind it said, you have been such a good, faithful servant and worker for me for all these years. This is your house. I am giving you this house. This is your house to keep and to live in. Mamma mia. If you did that while you lived in that house, every single time you were in that house, you would be thinking about everything you did. I'm going to use me as an example, and uh, 
please don't think less of me as this example. Well, you can't probably think much less anyway, so don't think less of me on this one. We used to live in Sun Hollow and San Juan, which is it's like a condominium. And we owned it, and we lived in there. And the shower was one of those fiberglass showers that goes up, you know, not the whole way. You guys have seen them, and they have the door, and they're fiberglass, right? So the shower's not working. So I get in to fix the plumbing. I'm standing in there in the shower. I'm working on it. And I pulled some knob, and the water just came out on me, just started dumping out of me. I'm standing there on my clothes. I have my tools in there. Water goes everywhere. The door's open. I kind of got a little upset, just a tad upset. And I, as a man, I went to punch the wall. And as I was going to punch the wall, I was thinking, you can't punch this. You'll put your fist right through the fiberglass. So I went like this and just did a little light. I was so angry, I just did a little light tap. But this knuckle right here made a perfect little pressure ding. Didn't go through. Didn't go through. A perfect little pressure ding like on a surfboard. And every time I got in that shower, I was reminded of how childish I acted, how immature I was, for allowing my emotion of anger to overtake me. And every single time I took a shower, I was reminded of that. Every single time this man would be in his house, he was reminded about all the shortcuts he took, about everything that happened, about the way he did it, about for his house. You know what? I can share this with you. As a, as a pastor of a church, when I make a decision for the church, I make a decision, plain and simple, if this were my house, if this were, I'm going to make a decision just like that. And I'm a perfectionist. As a person, I'm a perfectionist. And I want things done just right, a certain way, everything perfect. Not, you know, that's just the way I like things. It's just the way I am. And so when I make a decision as a pastor, I try to make it financial decisions, spiritual decisions. Every decision I make is this, this is me. It's like I will be here the rest of my life. I'm never going anywhere else. And God, this is what, that's how I make decisions. We don't always do excellence. And in the greatness of your excellence, you overthrow those who rise up against you. You send forth your burning anger, and it consumes them in half. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. If Jesus were there, would you do the same thing? Would you do it the same way? Would you cut corners? No, we wouldn't cut corners. I'll tell you another quick story. Um, I used to paint houses years ago, and I was on a painting crew, and we were painting a house, and, uh, you know, you have these white painter pants on, and we were painting an Oxford brown, and this guy took his roller and walked up behind me and shoved it, right up the old kazoo. So I had a, yeah, you know, picture a roller that this big going right up the back of my white pants, right? And I'm just like, oh, mama mia. Of course, the boss isn't around. You don't do that stuff when the boss is around. So he goes up on a ladder. And 
he goes up on this ladder, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to get him back. So I took a, a deuce, which is a two-gallon bucket full of Oxford Brown. I put him at the bottom of his ladder. So he comes walking down the ladder, and he just goes right into this bucket and just gets to Oxford Brown right up to here. And right then, the boss pulls up. Pulls up right then, right in front of us. We're standing there. He's standing with his foot in this bucket of Oxford Brown paint. And we're outside, and he takes it out, and he's trying to hide behind the brush, right? He's like getting this thing underneath the brush, and how's it going? Oh, we're doing fine, you know. He's trying to hide this thing. Paint's dripping down onto the dirt. My whole point is when the, when the boss is away, the mice will play. When the cat's away, you know, he never leaves us, and he never forsakes us. You know what he's looking for in our lives? Excellence. You know what he wants every single time? Excellence. He wants us in word, what in word and in deed to do it as unto him. Because he's there with us. And when we do it as when the boss is watched standing right there looking over us, we want to give our best. We want to give 100%. We want to do as possibly the best job that we possibly can. I just read this week because in the book I'm reading, I talked about last week about uh, the Uzziah syndrome, finishing your ministry well, 40 ways to finish your ministry and life well. I'm halfway through the book, and I was started excellence, and I said, I guarantee there has to be a chapter in excellence in this book. So I got out the beginning about uh, another 10 chapters in, I saw excellence. So I grabbed it, I started reading it, I said, maybe it'll be something in there for me to get, and there really wasn't, but he said this at the very beginning of the chapter on excellence. Um, There's a high school, it's called LaSalle, and they're in California, and they have a football team. They won 156 games in a row, and uh, yeah, it's a record that maybe will never be broken, and they have won many CIF championships, many state championships every year. They're really good. I think they won again this year. Did the LaSalle win, Mikey? You know? Bosco won. Okay, they won the state. So anyway, the coach would tell his players this. We don't expect perfection on every play. We do not expect perfection on every play. But we expect a perfect attempt on every single play. We expect you to stay focused and do your best on every single play. When I was in high school playing basketball at Dana Hills, they, uh, Timmy Butler, who we prayed for last week, we prayed for his wife who has leukemia. He ran the organization FCA at Dana Hills back when I was there, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And there was a book that we were all handed it was put out by uh, FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And in this book, there was something that was called Total Release, which means it was short. We called it TR, Total Release. And what they were teaching us as high school athletes is you always give 100% all the time. There's never a time to not give 100%. As a Christian athlete, you, you are... You are competing as unto the Lord. You are competing for the Lord in everything in word and deed. Do it as unto the Lord, and therefore you will give 100%. That's what a Christian athlete gives, 100% all the time. 
So you have to TR, you have to total release, give 100% every single play, every single pitch, every single at-bat, every single race, whatever you're doing, whatever sport it is, always give 100%. Whatever your best is that day, give your best. You know what God's asking of for us? That's what God's asking of us, to give Him our best, to total release. And every day may be different. You know, playing sports and playing basketball, there were days where you just get in the zone and you just can't miss. And there are days where you are so bad, it doesn't matter what you shoot, it's a brick. There are days it's just like the basketball, you could be however far away and it's going to go in, and other days it doesn't matter if you're doing a layup, you still don't make it. But give 100% to be a people of excellence. And that's what it's talking about here. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. And when we do this, all we're doing is keeping our eyes focused on the Lord. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Don't look out there. Don't worry about what's going on in their lives. Don't worry about what's going on in their ministry. Don't worry about what God's doing there. This is between you and God. You do it as unto Him. You don't worry about anybody else. This is between you and God. Keep your eyes on Him. Because as you look at over and you see somebody else taking shortcuts and doing that, you're going to say, I'm going to do the same. If they can do it, I can do it. Take your eyes off of there. Keep your eyes on the Lord where He wants it to be. That's why it's all about Him. That's why it says the greatness of your excellence in Exodus we just read here. Because as we keep our eyes on the greatness of His excellence and we're doing everything as unto Him, we won't worry about what everybody else is doing. When we have our leaders meeting, you know one of the things we're going to talk about is excellence. Excellence in our ministry. Excellence in our church. Excellence in our marriages. Excellence in every area of our life. I wonder... um, if our marriages would look different, if we really had excellence written, meaning we want to have an excellent marriage, we want to have the best marriage there absolutely is. And if we would take that and work on that every single day, I wonder how much different our marriages might look and our relationships with each other. So I want to keep going on here. What I want to do this morning is I want to start building giving us a foundation, seeing the foundation of what we're talking about here, because this year is going to be a year of building our lives and building it with excellence. So Matthew 7, 24 through 27 says, you guys know these scriptures, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Notice here in Matthew... Everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. A couple things we need to look at here is, one is, we have to do more than just hear Jesus' words. We have to do more than just know Jesus' words. It says you need to act upon Jesus' words. 
As a matter of fact, it tells us in James 2, 19 through 20. He says, you believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But are you willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is dead? Demons believe. Demons believe that God is one. Demons believe that Jesus is God. Demons may believe more than you do, but they don't act upon it. They believe faith without works is dead. Jesus said, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. You know how we uh, act on them? By doing everything as unto the Lord. Want to start acting on God and His Word? Do it as unto the Lord. When you're at work, you're not working for your company. You're not working for your boss. You're not working for the CEO or the president. You're working for the Lord. In your marriage, you're not working for your spouse. You're working unto the Lord. And when you do the work as unto the Lord, you do it the best you can. When you're raising your children, you're doing it unto the Lord. Raising them into the Lord, training them in the Lord. Everything we do as Christians in word or deed, we do all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then we're acting upon Jesus' words, upon God's words, and we're wise men. And what do we build our house upon? The rock. We build it upon the rock. Notice this. What's our foundation? The rock. We don't build the foundation that's built for us. The most important part of the house, the most important part of our lives is already built. God built it for us. Not only does it say it here, but if you read uh, 1 Corinthians 3, 11 through 15, it says this, For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's pretty clear. No, no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is already laid, which has already been taken care of, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become evident. For the day will show it because it is to be revealed with fire, and the fire itself will test the quality of each man's work. If any man's work which he has built on it remains, he will receive a reward. If any man's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet yet so as through fire. So notice here, the foundation is Jesus. He is our foundation. What's the most important part of the house? The foundation. If you don't have a good foundation, it doesn't matter what you build. It ain't going to last. But you have to choose the right foundation. And there's only two foundations you can really build your life upon. One is Jesus and the other is the world. It's going to be one of those two. That's the choice you have to build your life on. You can build it on one that's going to last, or you can build it on one that when the storms come, it's going to collapse. And when you're building this house, which is our lives, you can build it with excellence and not cutting any corners And not saying, oh, it's going to be too difficult, it's going to take too much time, any of this. Because that's not what we want in our lives. We want the best. We want it to be right. We want it to be the way God wants it to be. 
And here's the other thing. As it says, each man's work will become evident. Because you can build either with gold, silver, precious stones, things that are of value, things that will last. Or as it says here, with wood, hay, or straw. Excellence. See, here it's really talking about the Bema Seat of Christ. You guys remember the Bema Seat of Christ? There's two judgments at the end of time. One is the great white throne judgment where everybody who doesn't know the Lord is going to be judged. And they're going to stand before God and have to give an account for everything they've done and why they should be led into heaven. And at that great white throne judgment, there's only one answer that's any good. I accepted Jesus. Jesus paid the price. That's the only answer that gets us in. That's the only one that works. And then there's another judgment. It's called the Bema Seat of Christ. And that judgment is for every single Christian who's been on this planet. And then all our works are going to be judged. Everything that we've done for the Lord is going to be judged. And that's called the Bema Seat of Christ. And we're all going to stand before that. And God's going to say, Pastor Dave, come on up. And five billion people are going to walk up because there's five billion Pastor Daves. And, we'll, and whoever will walk up, and then we'll be judged on the works that we've done. Some will last. Some will make it through the fire. You know how you, know how you make it through the fire? As doing it unto the Lord. As doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus. You want the works that you're doing down here to last, to count for something, to mean something, to mean something to God and His kingdom that's going to last? Do it as unto the name of the Lord Jesus and do it with the right attitude because you're doing it as unto the Lord. And as you do it as unto the Lord, it changes our attitude. And then when we go stand before God, because we, he has different rewards for us. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about five different crowns that we can receive. And that's just a whole other teaching that we're not doing right now. But the Bible talks about five different crowns that we can receive and rewards that we get. I don't know about you guys, but in my life, I know I'm doing what God wants me to be doing. I know I'm where God wants me to be and I'm doing what God wants me to be doing. But I talk to enough people, and a lot of people wish I said, a lot of people say, I wish I could go back because I would have done this to become this, or I would have been that, or I would have been this. I would have been a doctor. I would have, you know, would have done it differently. We're doing it right now. We're living this right now. Do it as unto the Lord. I want to keep going. I'm out of time. So we'll pick this some up next week because... We're going to be looking at this. But the foundation is laid. Jesus is the foundation. We're working on it and building on it. And part of what we're looking at next week is that God's still working on us. He's still working with us. He still wants excellence out of us. And if you've been building the wrong way, we can change it and start building the right, the right way right now. Amen? Yeah, I haven't even got to the real stuff I wanted to get to. So we'll pick this up next week. And uh, people of excellence, amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray first for me, Lord. Lord, that what I do, I would do as unto your name, Lord. That I would do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, whether in word or deed. And where I'm missing it in word or deed, Lord Jesus, that you would help me this. 
And Lord, I pray this not only for me and my life personally, but I pray that for each and every one of us here, Lord Jesus. And uh, Lord, that we would be people of excellence. We thank you, Lord, that you do provide the foundation for us. And it's a great foundation that we don't have to worry about the foundation, Lord. And as we're building this, Lord, that you would just continue to help us and show us. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are a God of excellence and that it's the greatness of your excellence that we need to keep our eyes on throughout this year, Lord Jesus. And uh, I pray as we, as we leave here in just a few minutes, Lord Jesus, that we will remember excellence, that we will take these cards with us and put them where we will, where we will see them every day, Lord. And you will remind us every day to be people of excellence. Now, while everybody has their eyes closed and everyone's praying, I just want to give you a chance to accept the Lord. Um, maybe you never have. Maybe you've gone to church your whole life and you've never invited Jesus in. He only comes in by invitation. He won't force his way in, and he wants to come into your life. And if that's you and you want to accept him, I just want you to stand up and walk down front, and uh, he'll come in. He'll be a part of you. He'll help you, as we're going to look at next week. He will help you in this life that we're building for him and doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus. So is there anybody here this morning who would like to accept the Lord? Then, Father, I probably believe and pray that every single one of us knows you and has a personal relationship with you, Lord. Lord, that we will be people of excellence in every area of our life and that we will leave here and the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, I pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's stand and close in song to him. Amen.